Keep doing what you're doing, weather. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not snowing. It's not too cold. It's no. a little. It's a little bit chilly, but it's not too yeah, too cold. It's Yes. <laughs> so let me give you a backstory on me and Angela. I met Angela when I was on the board of Organization of the Northeast, which is now called One North Side. And I was on the board from the age of 20 to 24. The biggest problem that, that we, I knew that we had as a city was that we had all these programs for youth and no youth actually involved in any of the planning stages, right? So there were no youth at the table. So I fought like crazy to make sure there were youth at the table because I was like 19 when I first started. And imagine me 19 years old trying to have 30, 40 year old people listening to you. Really, really hard. It took a minute for them to get it together and understand who I was. <laughs> but the but what happened out of all that planning and all that complaining came this amazing project called Voice. Voices of Youth in Chicago Education. Angela was a part of that program. You started that program when you were 15 or 16. Yeah, 15. 14 going on 15. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. You know, and it's like just to... And that program was intense because this was a program where students were able to to get paid to organize and to learn what it took to organize in this city. So what were some of the accomplishments that you made as a voice organizers? Voice actually opened up my entire repertoire to organizing and people power and actually having a voice in the decisions that impact you the most. So we as youth were tired of folks coming down from the national level or even the state level telling us why we weren't succeeding in high school and we knew people who dropped out we you know all of us have a story to tell about someone we know um that has dropped out and the long-term consequences that has um and so we were like why why are we not talking about this why are we not informing others about what's going on at that time uh, the high school dropout rate was 50 percent so yes one out of every two students would not get a high school diploma um and so we literally got together over um 15 different high schools seven different community organizations all across the city to come together and have a real conversation about why were students dropping out of high school and what are the things that we can do to prevent that Um, So we started a three-year program, very super intense program, um, called Participatory Action Research, where we actually, the students came up with the surveys that we went out into our schools and interviewed teachers, students, um, any any faculty in the building that had contact with the student we wanted to know their take on why they thought youth were dropping out of high school so for three years we researched we went all over the country and looked at different uh, high schools looked at their models of how they were curving the dropout rate Um, and then we brought it back and compiled it into a huge recommendation for CPS Um, things like programs before students enter freshman year um, so that they're acclimated with their teachers and other students because one of the biggest things is students don't know anyone when they get in as a freshman right and that's intimidating so to bridge those gaps we have a program that actually still goes on to this day where they'll take them um, prior to school starting so that they can work on projects with their teachers and other students before they actually get into school so they know 
their teachers, they have a relationship with their fellow um, students. So yeah, it was it was huge. I don't know how many takeaways we had from that. It, it was life changing, especially for students to know that they had a voice in the things that matter to them most. I have a friend, you know, friends who dropped out of high school and I know the long-term effects behind it, but no one ever questioned like, why did you make this decision to mm-hmm. not go to school? Why is it not engaging to you? What is it that you're not getting that you need to make sure that you have a great education? So, shout out to Voice. I know y'all are still out there. You got a you got a a great journey ahead of you. Do not give up. Keep fighting to make sure that you are at the forefront of all of the decisions that impact you the most. Exactly, and I think that that was the biggest problem before voice was that everybody wants youth everybody wants youth to be there but they don't want youth to be included oh, yeah. in, at the table because okay. you know all the time remember there was I was always we gotta have youth we gotta have youth we gotta have youth yeah. but what are you doing for the youth besides that event yeah. what are you doing for the youth besides putting them on a bus and giving them a, a little bit of food like this it was the problem with organizing for years and you know and the thing about voice was that like I said before, your name ring bells at City Hall. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, when I say organizing 101 at 15, getting up at 5 o'clock to be down at CPS headquarters by 6 or 7 o'clock to sending out flyers and letters to every state rep we could, just, I mean, 101, the basis of organizing was learned through this amazing program, so... I, I really hope that it gives hope to other people out there who want to make great positive change for young people. You have to have them at the table. You have to yes. hear what they're saying. You have. How do you know what they want if you're not talking to them? Exactly. And that, that's the biggest thing. How do you know what anyone wants unless you're talking to yeah, them? Yeah, especially education. I mean, education is is the basis of survival. So if you are not educating someone in the things that they want to learn and they need to learn, you're doing a disadvantage to them. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And so you guys are... So, so what did most people say was the biggest problem with the dropout rate and why was it so high? So a few things we found out. Um, one is uh, engagement. So curriculum is a huge part of education and students didn't feel engaged in the curriculum. They didn't feel like the curriculum actually represented what they were going through currently or they felt like it was redundant and outdated. Um, Mm. So they just... They just fell off the radar. They weren't engaged. They, it didn't give them any incentive, you know, to be engaged. So they just they just decided not to to pursue it. Another one um, is the relationships. A lot of these students, we don't we don't know what they're going on going through at home. And so when they do come to school and their moods aren't the best um where are the relationships between the teachers and the students so that they know okay i see you're not having the best of days right now i'm not gonna harass you and make you read out loud or do something you know that's out of your character but i'm gonna engage you after class and say hey you okay i saw you had your head down you know what's going on those type of relationships are key and critical absolutely i'm still in contact with many of my high school uh teachers it's because those relationships are lifelong bonds absolutely 
So yeah, those were a few that people just engagement, uh, the curriculum, the relationships, and then personal life. You know, a lot of these students are going through being an adult and a student at the same time. Yeah. Some of them are caring for other siblings or, you know, family members at a young age. And again, it comes back to those relationships. Do you know what your students are actually going through outside of these doors? Are you checking in with them to make sure that they are okay as as an entire being, not just while they're mm. in the classroom? Yeah. See? Yeah. And I, I think that's what's so important. That's what a lot of people forget is that after your student is a student, they have to be a person too. Oh, yeah. They have a whole other situation that they have to deal with at home, and they might not be able to focus yep. so they can be a good student. And yep. so you have to figure out what is going yep. on. And how That's, do you know that? Mm-hmm. How do you look for those signs? How do you build the relationship with your students so that they know, okay, I can go and talk to Miss J. You know, I'm not having a good day, or I just need somebody to talk to. I just need someone with an ear who's not going to be biased to my situation. I just need someone to listen. So those things go a long way, a huge, huge success um, when you have a relationship with your teachers on a more personal level outside of the classroom. Absolutely, absolutely. Which leads me to the most important part. So after all of this, and you've heard that she's an organizer, she's 15 years old. This Angela Clay is currently running (laughs) for 46 Ward Alderman. After everything, because you, hold on, wait, now you've seen politics. You've been there. You've seen all the, cra- what made you decide to so run like that? Woo, baby. Put my uh, <laughs> side note out there. I tell everyone that I am not a politician. I am the Cardi B of politics, okay? So, I am all I love it. people. I am very much so. My heart, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, and they're like, your heart is too good. And it may be. But that doesn't mean that I'm gonna fight. I'm not. I'm not gonna fight for my people. So, I decided to run for alderman for several reasons. I am a 27 year old lifelong resident of the 46th ward. Shout out to Uptown, Buena Park, Sheridan Park. Um, my entire life, my family has actually lived in the ward for over 80 years. My great grandmother was the first. Oh my gosh. To move us into the ward. So. Um, my roots are very deep in Uptown, and it's a hidden gem. If you have not been to the 46th Ward, go on and take that red line, hop off at Sheridan or Wilson or Lawrence, even Argyle. Um, We are one of the most eclectic neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. Um, our neighborhood historically was a huge service um, center. So we had services for the homeless, um, for the transgender, for the poor, um, which is how I initially got involved with organizing. My grandmother, uh, Shirley Carter, started with Voice of the People, which is a housing non-for-profit, one of the oldest uh, housing non-for-profits in the city. Um, that provides affordable uh, affordability and housing to low-income um, residents. So my grandmother was awarded an affordable housing unit in Uptown. She raised two beautiful children, and they had children, and there was me. So I came home um, to a lovely affordable housing unit that I have adored that has given me lifetime opportunities um so I sat back for a second and 
looked around at the changes that were going on in my neighborhood and I'm seeing uh, condos out of elementary schools. So guys, let me give you a little bit of background. Wow, what? There, is, um, there was an over 100 year old elementary school called Stewart. Um, right, I remember huge, Stewart, yeah. Huge, it's on the corner of Broadway and Sunnyside. Right. Um, predominantly poor black and brown students that attended the school. And of course, we all know that our current mayor closed down 50, 50 schools. <laughs> yeah, 50 plus actually. 50 plus actually um, schools, some of them which were combined into other schools, um, incited different reasons, right? Underutilization, didn't have enough money, any excuse they could find to close these schools down. Well, the school got closed down, bought and turned into high-end luxury lofts. Wait a minute, pause, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So, they closed down the school. Yes, they did. And turned it into high-end luxury lofts. Luxury lofts. A loft starts at $2,000, I believe. $2,000 just for a loft. Not a one-bedroom loft, just a big room loft. $2,000. $2,000. With no bed? No bed. I mean... With, like a studio... Like a studio loft. $2,000. And you... And these people actually closed down a school for yeah. this. You see, this is the... This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is the problem that we're having. And this is what happens when you let people in the city that don't live here. Yeah. Ron wasn't from here. Ron and you... Wait, you, you can attest to what I was talking about before. You were there when he, when he was the empty chair because he wasn't coming to yeah, any of the O&E events. Okay, so I keep on saying all, every, all the time. I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, the empty chair ran for mayor. And everybody's like, why do you call it the empty chair? She was there when, whenever we had um, an O&E convention. We had all these politicians there. Awesome, and we had more. All these politicians were there. But every single time Rahm Emanuel's name was called, he was never, never there. Present. No. Never present. No. That's why I call him the empty chair. See, there's somebody that can assess, not he, just me being. present to turn something that's private. it <laughs> if you want to privatize something you you got it through rum so oh absolutely if yeah. you know whenever he was present when he wanted to become mayor that's yeah. when he that's when he all of a sudden it was like oh rom goes to meetings when did rom start yeah. going and stuff yeah. it's like oh right he's trying to get he's trying to be mayor yeah and you've got you've got people in power that are just following behind him and yes going with whatever he says which is how our Stewart School lofts came to be, right? Wow. Our current alderman in power um, sided with the mayor and decided to close the school. And the building was sold with plenty of tax breaks and cuts through the of city. Of course. We're not even going to get into. Um, and then sold and converted. So the ethics behind it still always gets me to how you could live in a school Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm all for refurbishing, but there were so many things that we could have put in that building. There are yeah. so many resources that our that our community needs. Um, we've lost so many resources. You can attest to this. Homeless yep. shelters, SROs, um, affordable housing units, all have yes. been lost in the last 10 years yep. um, because of the current uh, people in power. And so I sat back... Um, Tried not to throw my hat in the ring. Really, really <laughs> held off. 
But what concerned me was all of the folks that I saw running mm-hmm. had no connection to the neighborhood. Really? So we've got folks that are running that, um, you know, maybe been there for three years or um, folks that have been there for five. And, and it's not really the length, but it's the service. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. You can't just move into a neighborhood and think. I'm going to just run this. I'm, like, yes. I mean, because <laughs> the whole thing is that people don't realize what it takes oh, to be yeah. in that area when it comes to like like you get to know people there yeah. so you're not so you're coming in new and you don't know anyone and you don't know who people are yeah. you don't know who the who the good people are who the bad people are yeah. you've been i think you i forgot that you were there before wilson yard came over if you came oh, right yeah. you came at the very end of wilson yard oh, yeah. so you know that i was telling people about that that, that struggle i tell people all all you see now you see the target you yes. see the aldi yes. and you see the affordable housing hold on that, that's what I, that's what i'm about to say that's so i like, guess what y'all see now it took seven years yes. for that to yes. be completed yes. because people were very, very adamant yes. about not wanting affordable housing yes. in is, Chicago. It's sad. Yes. No, this is like this is like teachers, family. right? This is like teachers and firefighters. Yeah. And we tried to explain that yeah. to them, Families but there were too many seniors. people that were that were very, very clear about their racism, yeah. <laughs> very and clear about their racism. That's exactly what's going on because on every corner we have four major developments going on right now. It well, might be more, right? Yeah. Um, but on every corner, wherever there was a sliver of vacancy. It has been bought by big time developers. Wow! And the affordability aspect is not there. But they're supposed to wait. But here's here's the thing. There's a from what I remember. The, but right before Daly left, the last thing that he did was that crazy eight a.m. meeting where he passed um, the affordable the affordable housing act, and it was supposed to be ten percent set aside for every new building. Are they are they not doing that though because he's gone? See, that's a. That these developers, um, I think the way folks got out of not having an affordability <laughs> component is they built a community garden. Is that what they did? Yes. So what? there's so many loops. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Literally get out of so that you don't have to have an affordability component. And then even if you do, it might be the smallest unit in the. Okay, in the and this <laughs> is why, and I, and and I and I'm very. This is why Daily had to go yeah. because because of things like this because it because originally the original agreement was thirty percent and we got it down to ten percent and now you're saying ten percent is not even there. This is the problem yeah. that we have in this. This is why we need new leadership yeah. now. You just, and you need to be you need to be honest with people. You know, if this is if your intent is to make profits over people, be honest. Exactly. Don't, don't come through the gate and say, "Oh, we want to build in this awesome community, and we want we're for affordability," just to get the contract. And then you get the contract, and you start building, and you think, "Oh no, I'm just going to build this garden over here, so I don't have to have any wow. affordability." So people really need to understand that affordability. Let me also break this myth down affordability means what's affordable to you so i've ran into people all the time and i have no problem telling them this i've lived in affordable housing my entire life when i graduated from depaul with a lovely degree in public policy and a nice sixty thousand dollar debt note 
Right. I could not <laughs> afford to live in Lincoln Park. I could not afford to live in Hyde Park. I could not afford to live in some of the best communities in this city because I just couldn't afford to. So what did I do? I went home. I went to Uptown. I lived in an affordable housing unit, which means 30% of your income. Hold on, wait. Hold on, wait. Can you say that again? Because I think people don't understand what that means. 30% of your income. Thank you. And I want you to know that your income, the the caps on income for affordability, goes upwards to $75,000. The the range in this city is very flexible on what they consider um, affordable. So I, I really want people to understand that it does not mean free. It does not mean that people are not working. It does not mean that people are not trying. Is that the misconception? The mis- now? Oh my gosh. That's I, the I am misconception? here to break the misconception. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. when you say affordability, people get really like, <laughs> really, really? yes they think that it's like a handout or people are just 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 wanting to leech off of the system or something like that and that is further from the truth if you are not in a safe affordable clean space you cannot prosper i don't come on that, that's, that's well period. i don't care how much you pay for rent I don't care how much you pay on your mortgage. Yes. If you are not in a safe, clean environment, affordable, you're not going to prosper. Absolutely. So Absolutely. How are we setting our youth up and saying, I want you to be the best you can be. But you can't be that best if you don't make this amount of money. Mm. And if you don't live here. And mm. if you don't do this. Why are we setting them up to fail so hard with these false hopes? Why are we not telling them, you know what? I see that you're working your butt off, you're going to college, you're working this job. Because again, I went to college and I was in college my entire day. So from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. I was at school. And then you have to find a job that fits that schedule, which is very, very small. Um, and then you also have to think about what if people have childcare needs? What if people have special needs? What if people have physical needs? That is something that we have to take ownership of and as a community come together and say, you know what, I support your success. Here is a housing unit for you that you won't have to even worry about because it will be affordable to you. So people, I'm so here to, to get that misconception out of the way because... If I told you how much I paid in rent, you'd be like, okay, yeah, you have a a house note. Yes, I do. And it's because my income is now at a level, it's still not out of the the bracket for being on my own. Um, But it's still something that people can can wager and can definitely use in the future um, so that they don't have to worry about what they're going to do for housing and how are they going to pay their rent. So are you... Are you at the the Wilson Yard or in the no, area? No, 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 no. I'm on Hazel and Sunnyside. So I've been there 27 years. Shout out to Uptown. I keep nice. saying it. It's home. If you have not been to Uptown, get to Uptown. Yeah. Please. You are missing out on a hidden gem in Chicago. Seriously. So, yeah, I waited. I, I waited. I talked to my neighbors. And the thing is, we talk. People in the neighborhood can see the changes that are going on. You mm-hmm. don't have to you know be a rocket scientist to see that you are possibly about to get priced out um and it's not so much more of saying i don't want those people here anymore what they're doing is they're saying i want those people Mm. you know so 
you're not saying that you don't want poor people, but you definitely aren't making affordability. You're not. <laughs> you're, you're, not you're not making it easy for them to be able to be there. For them, and uh, it's blatant. You know, we mm-hmm. literally have. We literally have a land grab going on in our ward where big-time developers are just coming for the profit. Um, so, yeah, I waited, Danny. I waited. I waited <laughs> until I could not wait anymore because I really wanted somebody to step up and say, you know what? Hey, guys, we need a seat at the table. We need to be at these at, at these decision-making um, meetings where folks are actually making decisions that impact me. They impact my neighbors. They right. impact, I don't have any children, but I have nieces that I care for that go to school, that go to the same school I went to. Right. And I want to make sure that they're getting a better education than I got when I went to that school. Right. So why are we not making sure that our schools are top-notch why are we not making sure that they feed into each other i graduated from uplift community high school which is our only um neighborhood it's our only high school within the ward the other school outside of that is nicholas sin so oh really yes so instead of oh my goodness going around the corner to their school that's in their ward they're traveling outside they're they're going to other places wow instead of realizing that that school is literally one of the dopest places you can be in in this world uplift was and i'm not going to say was because it still is but it was so unique in the sense that people from our ward fought for that building to build a high school in our ward because they knew the importance i remember of, of staying within your community they knew the importance we had teachers i used to run into my teachers at jewel you know, outside of school. I yeah. Knew, they knew me on a first name basis outside of school because we all lived around each other. That sense of community goes a very long way. So I, I sat back. I was like, okay, you're not funding my high school. You're building all of these huge developments that have no affordability component. And you're also not looking out for our homeless you're not looking out for our youth you're not looking out for our seniors oh no we got a problem we have a huge problem and who's fighting for this you know everybody can say whatever they want to get on the ballot and and run from there but this is my heart this is the work that i've done my entire life um and it's basically just speaking up on behalf of my neighbors absolutely so what what is the very first thing that you want to change once you get in office? Oh, my gosh. First thing I want to change is I want to put our benches back up. <laughs> so our current alderman took down the benches that uh, people sit at at the bus stops because homeless people were sleeping on them. But people that want to get to work kind of want to sit on the benches, and too. And our seniors who need to, need to sit, need to sit down. Seriously? Need that. So I know it's tiny but mighty, but I want to put our benches back up. No, that's a that's a big it's a big thing <laughs> because put our yeah, back up, you, like tomorrow. Um, wow. And, because, and it's not even just you know how many times I've sat on a bench just to get some fresh air. Yeah. To just have a conversation outside yes. of my community. It's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Nothing. I also want to have ongoing community meetings with our police officers. Um, I tell people this all the time. When I was growing up, we had beat cops. And mm-hmm. the beat cop in your ward knew you by name. Yes. Knew you by face. 
knew your family, knew what time you were supposed to be home. Right. And the relationship was a mutual relationship, uh, a mutual respect. Um, and we don't have those relationships with our police officers. Anymore. We don't. On just a basic, on, on a basic level of, I'm here to help you. Uh, I, I am here to support you on both ways. We see so much tension in the media and the news now. We forget that aspect that they're human just as much as we are. Yes. And how do we get to that common ground of seeing each other as such? Not enemies, not anything else, but humans who all want to make it home to their families at night. Exactly, exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick uh, quick song break, and then we're going to be back because we're going to talk about this uh Situation we had in the suburbs, which is about Robinson, because she talks about cops, and we definitely need to talk about that because he wanted to be a cop, and yeah, these cops are shooting first and asking questions later, so we're gonna try to figure out what we can do to kind of stop that stuff. But we are right here at Denaja Radio. I'm here with the fabulous Angela Clay, who's running for Alderman of the 46th Ward, right here on Winnie City Underground, your music, your station. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh,
show on Windy City Underground? Yes! Visit beyondair.com. All right. And you can be live on air right here. That's cool. WindyCityUnderground.com. Your music, your station. And we are back with the fabulous Angela Clay, who is running for 46th Ward Alderman. And we were talking about, you know, what's going on with Chicago and the housing and, you know, the fact that there's a misconception of what our median income is. And that's why people are like, why are we paying so much for housing? Because the misconception is that our median income is $70,000 and it's actually 40. So. And after taxes, it's really 30. Right. For (laughs) real. Exactly. Right. You know, but, but that's why we have this issue of what we're supposed to pay because the numbers have been have been mis- have been skewed, <laughs> you know. And before we went to break, we uh, we were gonna talk about Jamel Robinson and what and and what that does on so many different levels. My concern is the fact that I've gone to multiple clubs. I see bouncers. I know a bouncer from somebody else. Hey, Lakina, I'm good. I know bouncers from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you, you know what a bouncer looks right. like. And the fact that people were screaming, this is a bouncer, this is a bouncer, right. this is a bouncer. Right. Where in the heck do you just be like, this is a bouncer? Oh, okay. Well, I guess they're all lying. Yeah, well, it goes back to how we're training, right? Mm-hmm. We, our, our officers need to be well equipped at the situations that they are encountering. Absolutely. So no. Why are yeah, I'll keep I'll keep <laughs> I, my thoughts. I'll, I'll do it because I'm not running for office. So I'll do it. So why are, why are you why are we still employing officers that keep on having the same situation? I remember the very first time that I spoke, I spoke regarding um, regarding youth issues, and the biggest youth issue that we had when when I was at Rogers Park was the fact that was the police and youth interaction. Oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. fact that we had multiple youth that were so afraid of the police, youth that were told by police, and I quote, run so I can shoot you. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that this is not the training. This has been going on for years. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me that, that they haven't there haven't been police that have put uh, that have that know that people are in gangs and have put them in, in the opposite gang neighborhood mm-hmm. just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. This happens. They just admitted it, like, what, last year? And while we're talking about this, get rid of the gang database, please. Ooh, uh-oh. Can we just hurry uh-oh. up and state that for the fact? <laughs> because it's wrong. It yeah. is nothing more than a made-up list way to criminalize and keep track of young black and brown folks yeah period it's no it it has no basis it has no legs to stand on i know plenty of people who are in this gang database that have no gang ties no gang affiliations but they came in contact with the police and the police labeled them a gang member yeah and literally took all their information down wow and put them in a whole system that they'll if they ever come in contact with another police officer, they will be able to see that. See, that's a problem. Somebody else's. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Please get rid of the gang database. It does not work. It is not reputable. It is not. It is no help to us in any shape, form, or fashion. No, between I mean between the gang database and the quota. Oh yes, <laughs> because if you have a quota that you have to meet, if you don't meet it, <laughs> right, your job is on the line. So that's the thing is we are we are pinning our police officers up against doing their job because they have to meet a quota in humans. 
And right. human beings just living their life. They don't know that they're part of this quota. They right. don't, they don't know anything about what you have to do as a police officer other than protect and serve them. You exactly. Are there to protect and serve them, not to meet a quota to lock people up. That that's not how you police. That is not how you do your job effectively. It doesn't work for either party. Not at all, you know, and because the what happens now is you have they have this whole thing where youth are still in fear of the police. They oh, don't yeah. they don't and to the fact that they don't even want to call yeah. the police. They'll run they'll run I think there was one instance where there was a shooting and the youth ran past the police station because they and they were in danger but they didn't want they didn't want to to go in there because they did not want to have the misconception mm-hmm. that they were the mm-hmm. ones that were the perpetrators mm-hmm. yeah. so it gets to that point but the whole thing with Jamel Robinson why I'm so frustrated because I'm like all these people keep on saying a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun <laughs> but the good guy with the gun stop the bad guy with the gun and the cop shot him so now what yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's like it's everything apply everything applies until it applies until it happens yeah. to us. I think that's what it seems like. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's sad because he wanted to be a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, and he yeah. wanted to change the narrative. A lot of people that I know that our police officers are doing it because they want to change exactly. the narrative. But how exactly. can you change the narrative when the culture is so yeah. incredibly yeah. racist? And I, I commend any police officer that is out there doing their job to the best of their ability and making sure that you are trying to change the status quo or the yes. the representation of how police are portrayed these days. Yes. I commend you for that, but it's going to take a lot more deliberate actions on your part to change that. If you know something is wrong, say something. Say something. And and we get it. We get <laughs> we we understand the code of the blue. Code we of un- blue. we understand we that. But it. at the same token how can you sleep at night knowing that you're allowing people to be harmed yes. when you took an oath to serve and protect serve and protect with my tax dollars that's all I'm let's saying. start there right <laughs> let's start you there the biggest biggest hand in the city budget man please <laughs> know that you are literally here to protect and serve us there should be no fear there should be no riffraff there should be no i shot somebody with a gun because i didn't know he was a security guard there should not be that you should be intentionally every day on the streets trying to be the best police officer that you can be to help protect everyone around you Yes. We need you. There's no there's no doubt that we don't need you, but we just need you to do your job and do it well. Exactly. Because if police were to do their job the way that they're supposed to, we wouldn't have these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know, I'm I'm glad that, that JB Pritchker's talking about um uh making marijuana recreation mm-hmm. like making it legal because mm-hmm. that's going to stop a lot yeah. of this insanity it, it, we got to decriminalize a lot of things i mean it's no coincidence that that drug is as oh yeah <laughs> is as criminalized as it is because of the statistics of those who use it but we are talking about a herb that yes. has life-changing properties yes period life-changing property yes and if we're we're not willing to why are we not looking into how do we educate our young people who are out here possibly selling marijuana on the 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 natural ways to grow it on the healing powers yes. on the uses of it it's not just to, to be consumed in recreational you know behaviors it literally has it's, it's saving lives saving lives healing power so what that's 
a chemist almost. Yes. Why are we not looking into farming into chemistry? Why are we not saying, okay, I see where you're going. Before you do this, how about you do this? Yeah. Why are we not thinking about that? Why are we not thinking outside of the box to say, okay, we know it's going to be decriminalized. It's, it's, it's on its way. Exactly. Um, Finally. Why are we not thinking ahead of the game? Why are we not thinking, you know what? When they do legalize it, we're going to need growers. We're going to need yes. business owners. We're gonna, why are we not thinking like that? Or people who are thinking about it, they're just not thinking about who it impacts the most. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but that's but that's what it that's when it comes to having good politicians that will say this in city yeah. council. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, Oh well, you know, it is what it is and I've heard that so many so many times. It is what it is. You can't change things. Yes, you can. Ask ask all those senators that just lost their job. Ask all those people in Congress that just lost their jobs. You can change they thought things. The same thing. Oh, they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. But over a hundred and six it was a hundred a hundred uh, over a hundred women yes. are in Congress now, yes. and some things are going to change absolutely because yes. because the the thing about it was it got to the point where it was like, are we going to be able to have our rights? Yeah, and and we talked about this earlier. Power has no gender, has nope. no race, nope. It has no economic <laughs> development. Power literally has a motive. Yes, and if you all are on the same accord about how to use your power in the best way possible that's all that matters yeah i don't care if you are black purple orange or green if you have my interest in your heart if you if you have my neighbor's best interest in your heart i want to work with you i want to yes. see you succeed i want to help you in any shape form or fashion and i want you to make positive change I, yes. a lot of these people are running because of their name getting exposure or because of what have you. But it's a lot of people running this go round that have a heart, that have a conscience, yes. that have a, that have a moral responsibility to their neighbors and to their community. I, I, I wouldn't be me if I sat back and watched my neighborhood change at the rate that it's changing. I wouldn't be me if I didn't step up and say, hey, y'all. <laughs> us over here we're still here yes mm. we're in the shadows but we need to be at the table we need to have a seat at the table and we've asked politely <laughs> <laughs> on multiple occasions hi i would like to come <laughs> to the friendsgiving <laughs> or whatever <laughs> um, but now we're just gonna show up now we're just gonna get our people to vote us in and make sure that their interests are at the forefront of everything that we do I told y'all she was amazing. <laughs> I told y'all she was amazing, and it's it's a blessing to be able to say that that <sighs> that you are an entity. Like that is that's the most amazing thing in the world. I love seeing people that I've worked with just doing phenomenal things. Yeah, you're doing phenomenal things too. <laughs> Shout out to Sis. She got a show. I'm so proud of her. She makes her own jewelry. If you haven't bought and supported her, you're missing out. Yeah, you go. Definitely. It's got to be a, a, a Rogers Park 46 Ward Uptown thing. I, it was definitely, you know, and it's just like, but to, to see that you stepped up and said, I want to change this neighborhood. Oh yeah, and I already know you. Even if you know, like, no matter what happens, you're still gonna, you're still gonna be the oh, same. Yeah. You're still gonna be this like, you'll be like, anywhere. okay, wait a minute, hold on. I'm gonna need you to make sure that you this did this, 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 and this, and that. So yeah, yeah, because this is my livelihood that we're talking about. I'm not a transient who just came into the neighborhood and was like, I want to get rid of this. I want to change. No, 
this is my lifelong journey. This that has led me up to this point. Everything that I've worked for, that I've studied, that I've been a part of has led me to fighting for my neighbors on the forefront. It's for my small business owners. I I have a taco place that I support for the last 27 years, okay? And I want to make sure he stays there. Yeah. I want to make right. sure. Right. Ty Uptown. Like, yes. I like baby. I, I saw the sure. photos of Ty Uptown. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> We I had our first one on one as high uptown. Remember that? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so we have that's there. that kind of nostalgia. How do we make sure that they stay there? Yes, where's the yeah. Because this is the real reason why people are moving into our neighborhoods is because they see the diversity and yes. the amazing things that we have here. You can't just come into a neighborhood and say, "I want this, but I don't want that." Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I want the culture, but I don't want the people. Ooh. See, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It does not work. And people try this all the time. It's like you cannot just come in. Just you know, our neighborhoods are not vacations. Let's start there. Our neighborhoods are not your vacation spot. Our neighborhoods are not your Airbnb. There are actual people that live here that help to build and and create and make the neighborhood what it is. You are not allowed to kick us out because you want to have a good time. That's not how this works. Or don't or, or don't put out. That's it. If you gonna put in, I'm with you. I'm ready to work with you because you know what? We want the same things. I want clean streets. I want awesome schools. I want affordable housing that I can afford no matter what you make. I want a community. Yes. And I think that you want the same thing. Yes. So it, we're not that much different. We just need to know how to work together as neighbors. Because I'm still a neighbor at the end of the day. I'm still... Just, you know, a renter in the neighborhood. My my voice counts just like yours. So I just want people to see that the community is still there in the 46th Ward. I want them to know that people are there who deserve to be there, who will continue to fight for their neighbors to be there. Yes. And for us to continue to grow, let's have these uncomfortable conversations. Let's sit down together and break stereotypes. Let's yes. sit down together and break bread. Let's have dinner, lunch. Let's let's be a community again. Definitely. Let's definitely be a community again. Let's definitely get together and do some fabulous things. Yes. And how do people support you? Where do they go? Yes. So get on Instagram. Follow us at Clay Ford, the number 46. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Angela Clay for 46 Ward Alderman. You can also go to my website, which is www.clay4, the number 46 again.com. Follow us. Share everything with your good yes, people. Yes, share everything. Everything. Share, like, comment. Um, this is our last week of gathering petitions. If you have any great people, um, that would love to sign my petition to secure my spot on the ballot. Please send them to our website. They can email us and say, "I want to sign." We will show up at your door. So <laughs> she, she's not I'm kidding. I'm not playing. I have been she's not knocking on everybody's door, um, making sure that they know that they have a candidate that's out here that's running with their best interest at heart. So please, please follow me. Please look us up. Please support. We have some amazing things coming up for the month of December, and I would love for all of you to take part in it. Definitely, definitely, man. It's been such a pleasure. Dang, you are man. so awesome. You are too. <laughs> uh, we got this. Man, make sure that y'all tune in. 
Next week we got Cassandra Bell in the building, producer, writer, Ooh. actress, singer. Man, so Cassandra Bell's a beast. So that's gonna be really, really fun. I am so blessed to, to know Angela. I know she's gonna kick butt. Miss Alderman Clay, she's gonna kill you. it. Thank I am so so proud of you. We're about to go ahead and get on out of here. This is tonight as your video right here on Windy City Underground. Get music, get station. Let's go. Facebook, y'all rock, okay? <laughs> I just see, I haven't been able to see who's on live, but I... Uh, excuse me, now. Look, I don't mean to be rude, but you are gorgeous. Look, if you got some time tonight, real talk, I think you should come spend it with me. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm trying to... I'm